0: Welcome to the So She Is podcast. I am your host, Katie Grimes, and this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things manifestation, neuroscience, spiritual evolution, healing, and living in alignment with the highest truth of who you actually are. I know that you pushing play today is no accident, and I am so grateful for you being here. So with that said, let's get this party started. Hello, welcome back to So She Is. I am so grateful for you being here today. Thank you for pushing play. I hope no matter where you are, who you are, what you're doing and whatever day it is, I hope it's a great one. And if it doesn't feel like a great one, it is never too late to start the day over. So we can just commit to that right now, starting fresh. And I wanna share this new breath that I have been practicing that I really like. Um, So we're gonna take an inhale together and then on the exhale, I just want you to think in your head release if you're driving keep your eyes open if you are not driving feel free to shut your eyes if it's safe to do so so taking that big deep breath in and then saying in your head release just fully arriving to this moment where there is no future there is no past we are right now we are here where everything is divinely and perfectly in sync as it should be welcome to this moment. I am hoping that we could just stay connected and committed to the present moment as we listen to this episode together. I feel so lucky to have interviewed Bara. Bera and I actually have met previously and we most recently reconnected at a So We Are Silent Disco, but I remembered them from an event that I went to around this time last year and I was like, oh, you came like we met before and I'm so happy that you finally came to a So We Are Silent Disco. Like we met like a year ago at this event, right? Like that's why you're here. And they were like, oh no, I actually don't remember you. (laughs) And I'm kidding. It didn't go like that. They just said, oh no, like actually my therapist who's based in Michigan saw the So We Are Silent Disco TikTok and then said Adjusted or assigned that I basically go for my homework to because I live close to where the So We Are Silent Discos are hosted. And I was like, oh, well, actually, our paths have already crossed and we already, we are not as strangers. And so it was so fun to connect after the disco and then get to know Barra more. And that led me to interviewing them. And they have so much to offer. And my favorite kind of story of going from being a chemical engineer and having a cushy corporate job to then leaving and pursuing a life that they are thrilled to live and they are helping their clients do the same exact thing Vera is a transformational life coach and speaker and supports humans in creating lives that they are thrilled to live and helps get them there fast. They use a plethora of different energy healing modalities and really combine them all together and create a customized approach to help their clients get the results they're looking for. And I found this interview so fascinating because the way they talked about stuck emotions and different things and their approach to that I had never heard of. So I literally felt like a student and it was it was awesome to learn something new. So I hope that each and every one of you listening today can take something away. If you really love what you heard today and really connect with Bera and want to know more or just learn more, please follow them on Instagram at BeraCoBera. And I promise you will not regret it. As we talk about in this episode, I love their stories. I love just the content they put out there. And it is just feel, it's a feel good account if you're looking to have more of that on your feed which I think we all are. So without further ado, here is Vera Mann. Hello Vera, welcome to So She Is. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi Katie,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. I love our little story that we have going and how our paths have crossed multiple times, whether you knew it or not, because we met at this one um, woman's event about a year ago. And I remembered your story because it was so powerful and similar to mine with relation to working at a corporate America or nine to five um, and then going on into the spiritual world. And then when I saw you at a So We Are Silent Disco, I was like, oh, she she's here. Like, I, I remember her. And then you're like, oh, I don't remember that, <laughs> which is totally fine. And I love that. But you actually found So We Are Silent Disco through your therapist who's in Michigan, but through TikTok. And I just think it's a beautiful and divine full circle that we're here today to chat. And I'm really excited to dive in. And so, um, I mentioned your story. I'd love if you, we just start with where, how you got to be where you are now, because you're a transformational life coach and energy worker, all the things, and you can correct me and say that again, if, and reintroduce yourself with all the titles that you are and kind of take us through the journey into how you got to be where you are today or who you are today.
1: Sure. Sounds great. Um, and I love our story too. It was, so exciting when I realized that we actually knew each other and it just seemed so aligned. I was so excited to tell my therapist, like you have no idea how good of a recommendation that was. It's, and it was cool to see the power of social media and TikTok too. I love it. TikTok has been a game changer for So We Are, but yes. Um, yeah. I think that my story, like fast forwarding through childhood, I think, you know, I Was a little kid who struggled with a sense of belonging and all this stuff that most people do, and then I thought I found my thing, which was engineering and being really technical and hardworking. You can't hear me if you're listening, but I'm using quotes because it's just so weird how we think of that as it's a good thing. Like Mm -hmm. hard is just not be a positive word. I think in general. But then I went into an engineering career and I liked it for the most part. I thought I'd do it my whole life, but I struggled while I was there a little bit. I've got ADHD and I took meds for a while in college. I got off of them because the side effects just did not work for me. But when I was starting to really struggle with, I was picking up a more difficult role. Like I was going into a more technical engineering role that stressed me out. I didn't know how I could learn all of that with my ADHD. And I discovered mindfulness and learned how a meditation practice can really help people focus. And there's scientific proof of that. I'd heard of meditation before, but I thought it was like some stupid woo woo thing that people who didn't have anything better to do did, you know?
0: mm-hmm
1: um so I started that developed my own practice I committed to practicing for at least three months because this teacher told me that's how long it might take to feel any benefits and I noticed that my focus got a lot better and so did so many other things less road rage less just more awareness of myself and who I was and Eventually I moved into that harder job and there was a mindfulness club at my new office. So we started practicing different types of meditation and I started getting more in touch with my feelings, which I really needed because I went through some difficult stuff. And before I just was really proud of myself for being tough and kind of unfeeling. Like I thought that was a good thing and Mm. I was special because of it compared to other women. I (laughs) relate more than I wish to. Yeah. It's so funny, but when I started having actual feelings and then that I didn't like and being aware that I could sit with them and see what was there, that became such a powerful thing. And I discovered compassion and all this other stuff. I moved again to California for a different job with the same company, which I loved. But COVID happened and I was living with my parents and getting deeper into meditation because it was COVID and I lived with my parents. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then I was doing more reading too. I was reading Thich Nhat Hanh and I read what he writes about right livelihood, which is that We should do work that we're aligned with. And I think he specifically calls out some things that we shouldn't work in, including oil, which is what I was working in at the time. And that hit me and it opened up a lot of other things that I'd been thinking, but shoving down, you know, and I just became super clear that I wasn't in an aligned career and maybe I should do something about it. And then I got a gift from the universe where my company was going through layoffs, like so many were, and I had the option to volunteer for one and get paid to leave. And it just seemed like I'd be stupid to not take that. Like, I don't think I really considered that I had this relationship with the universe back then. I wasn't very spiritual. I was just starting to get into like a little bit of Buddhism and stuff and a little bit more Expansive meditation than just focusing on the breath. But it was just this gift that I couldn't pass up. So I took the dive, wound up on a whole spiritual journey. And eventually that led me to realizing that I've been coaching people my whole life and that people really want that from me and that it's something that I love doing. And I was in a great position to do so with the new skills I learned on my spiritual journey. So I started.
0: Wow. That. I mean, that's amazing. And there's so many places I want to go with the information you just shared. And I mean, I relate so much. I was in commercial insurance. I was an insurance broker, property casualty, workers comp, all those things. And I bet (laughs) maybe it's on that list. Maybe it's not, but I feel like insurance would be. And as I went on my spiritual journey, it was like, I can't do this to people because it just the morale of the industry is horrible. And I, I just never even thought there would be like, I, I hadn't heard of the book you mentioned and like what the list of things you shouldn't do for work at being an oil. I'm like, Oh, I bet insurance is on that list. And it's just so funny how we find ourselves in these, um, jobs that like our launch pads for, spiritual awakenings and like what covid did and the slowdown did to really explore the depths of yourself. So was that in the early covid when you got laid off or did you have a couple months before like when did the how how deep into covid was it before you
1: branched out and left? I think I made the decision officially put it into my company in around August, I think it might have oh, okay. been. So kinda- or, yeah, I had some time. It was August or September and then In it was right before Thanksgiving that I had my last day and became free. I love that. I kind of want to
0: explore that realm. So, when you quit or ventured off, what was your relationship to corporate America? Was it one of those ones where you were like, I'll never go back? Was it one like, I'm going to try this? entrepreneurial thing out or how did you navigate now going from a 9 to 5 or whatever your hours were a structured salary pay to then being free
1: well at the time i was really resistant to the idea of entrepreneurship okay i'd worked with a life coach when i became pretty clear i wanted to make that decision and in between then and the time when I actually put in my papers to leave and I kept telling her, you know, I'm not going to start my own business. I'm not going to start my own business. Cause that just seemed so scary and like nothing I'd ever thought of doing before. And I had a lot of doubt in myself. You know, I didn't really believe in myself who would want to pay just me. How could I figure out how to start a business and all that kind of stuff.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and I thought that initially I would work with this coach. I'd figure out a new job in the next couple months. Maybe it'd even be a different engineering job. And then I'd find that career and launch into it. But what I really realized working with that coach was that I had absolutely no idea what I actually liked or who I really wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd been asked those questions really since I was a little kid. It was always, what will make me money and what am I good at? And When I realized, wait, I don't know who I am. I decided that it was too soon to pick a new career. I was in a fortunate situation financially with the layoff and unemployment and stuff. So I decided to just spend some time getting to know myself. And it was probably at least four or five months later that I realized I had to start up my own business because no one would pay me to do what I was meant to do. I love that. I also
0: took a similar four to five months before I could even start anything. Like I quit in November as well. And then it was like, I there's just that pause of like, yeah, the questions, who are you? What do you want? Is that was working with that life coach? What made you get into energy work and Reiki and things like that? Or what? then pulled you from being more of the scientific side into the spiritual side of things and like trusting the universe and things like that. What did that
1: transition look like? It was the life coach was really supportive in that because I trusted her and I knew she was really smart. So that's been a gateway for me. A lot of the times, like I am not always incredibly trusting of everything and I tend to be a bit skeptical. So I need to either know all the facts or know someone I trust that believes in that thing. And that actually had initially helped me get interested in energy healing a year or two before. So maybe it was one year before I became certified in Reiki level two at the very start of 2020, actually. Um, But I wasn't really using it very much. And then this coach introduced me to these concepts like, Have you ever thought maybe the right opportunities are just coming to you? And kind of introduced me to the concept of manifestation. I don't know if she ever used those words with me, but I started opening up to the idea of the law of attraction and she recommended I read the alchemist. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the truth of the universe, you know, Mm -hmm. right here in this children's book. I think, I think kids read that book. But as an adult, it was just so incredibly profound to me. Um, and so she had talked about connecting with our guides and asked if I'd ever, you know, ask my guides what I should do with my life. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I said I was interested in it. And then the same day I got a meetup.com email for a connecting with your guides event. And, you know, again, she lived like across the country too, but this event was local and it was just wild. And so I went to that, it was a week long series. And I started connecting with all these different healers and started going to them for assistance in my healing, insisting that I wasn't going to be a healer myself, but it just kind of happened to me. I think it was definitely meant to be. That is amazing.
0: And I just, It's so funny how like, it's like, oh, have you thought about talking to your guides? And then of course it's like connecting to your guy. Like they're always there. It's, oh, you're always connected. The universe is like always listening. I like to say, and it's just like so magical to see how that unfolded for you. So you are a transformational life coach. Is that like what you would identify as? Yes. So when I think of transformation and I think people think of transformation, I feel like they think of like a hundred pounds weight loss or like massive shifts. I'm curious because I feel like you being a coach, I'm sure you guys work on like the micro level versus the macro. So like, what does it mean to you to be a transformation life coach? And what does that look like to be in the recipient? Like if I were to be your client, like, what does that dynamic look like and how do you support people?
1: That's so interesting, the way that you put that, because I think in many ways we do focus on micro stuff, but then it really becomes the macro. So a lot of people will come to me because they just aren't as happy as they'd like to be in life, or they're just not experiencing as much joy as they'd like. They might not be, feel super fulfilled. Sometimes like me, they don't know who they are or what they want, but it's all sorts of different reasons that they'll come to me. But how I work with them is hour-long Zoom meetings once a week for three months. And in those, we'll start by getting a good picture of who they are and what they believe about themselves and then where they want to go. And as we do that, we'll unpack often a lot of limiting beliefs that are in people's way. And we'll start flushing them out largely with energy healing and with developing awareness. I think Eckhart Tolle said, just had this quote. It's like awareness is the number one agent for change or something. I don't think he rated it number one, but mm. just bringing awareness to their current patterns and starting to release them. It's funny how many horrible beliefs we all have about ourselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, yes, there's so many that I could just even think of, even if I don't believe them to be true. Even when you say like, Oh, like, what do you believe about yourself? Or what horrible belief do you have about yourself? I could easily tap into like a bunch. It's like, Oh, wow. I don't even know if I really think that, but like it exists very close to the part that feels true. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So
0: what what are some common limiting beliefs that you feel you see like that come up often? Or is there like a theme or a pattern in the in the collective
1: that you find? A lot of people believe that they don't deserve X, whatever X is. And they might not be consciously aware of that belief. Sometimes they are though. But a lot of people will tell you, I don't believe I deserve to make that much money or sometimes it's, they don't think they can, but when you dig deeper, there's this belief that they don't deserve it.
0: Mm. And so how would you work through that or like, what, how does that? Yeah. Like, I would love to know how you like transmute the beliefs or what, how the practices you go about to help that.
1: One of the main tools that I use is a pendulum in pendulum healing. And if you've ever heard of that or you may have heard of or seen people use a pendulum to like get yes or no answers. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. It can help us to identify what those beliefs are sometimes, you know, asking, do I believe I deserve this? Do I, or does Katie believe let's say that you come to me and you say, Hey, I'm just stuck. I, don't feel like I should apply for these other jobs. They're too big for me or whatever. And I know I have issues with money. Then we could start looking at those as money beliefs. And we could say, hey, do you, does Katie truly want to make a lot of money? Sometimes you might not even truly want to because you don't believe this other stuff. Do you believe that it's safe to have a lot of money? Do you believe that you deserve or that you're worthy of it? Getting these yes or no answers and then through kind of Reiki style healing and pretty simply clear out those beliefs. They might not clear a hundred percent the first time, but it's incredible what we could do in just a few minutes Mm -hmm. and then work on bringing in the beliefs that are true, that are helpful for you, that you do want to have, like that you are worthy and that you do deserve these things. Although sometimes that might be too big of a step, you know,
0: Mm, right
1: might have to start with well everyone everyone deserves to have good money you know
0: right totally if or i feel like a lot of people like this majority of the public the public are all seeking for something all seeking like to find out what's my purpose who am i all these big questions so when people come to say work like with you, or if I came to you and I was just like, I do want to know who I am. How, how could someone even start that journey to getting to
1: know themselves? I think that a big part of it is to clear out the stuff that's not true and not real. Like if you're familiar with Marie Kondo at all and tidying mm. up, You don't put stuff away until you've gotten rid of the stuff that's not for you anymore because you need to make space for the stuff that is. Mm. And so that's a big, big step, I think, is writing down. Anyone can do this. Write down everything that you believe about yourself or everything that you identify with and then go through that list and ask yourself if you want it or you don't. And then you can start getting rid of the stuff that you don't want. So you can make room for what's true and what feels good.
0: Yeah, that list, (laughs) I started thinking of the list as soon as you said it, I was like, that's a great exercise. I'm interested as someone like you who came from being really smart, probably with the identity that you're really smart, maybe that more scientific to them being who you are now, that's like very the opposite, not the smart part, but the like engineer mind to a spiritual more woo-woo mind. I myself have found that it's really hard for me to to coexist like coexist, if that makes sense. Like be like I find myself leaning towards like more black and white, like leaving less room for like, oh, I could be both, or like the and I'm this and this and this, and also this. I'm more, I find myself often get putting myself in like a box um that I don't think is a box because I'm like, oh, I'm so anti-labels, but then I realize I'm like, well, I can't do that because X, Y, and Z. And so I'm curious, did you ever have to do like identity work or like work through things? so that all of you could exist because you are so multidimensional just like in your history of career even.
1: Yeah. A lot of it was kind of that process that we just talked about writing down and understanding everything that I believed. And then really taking a close look at that, like, or not that I believed, but also how I identified, for instance, hard worker was a very important part of my identity. I was really proud that I was a hard worker, but that's not the way I want to exist in this world. Exactly. I don't want to sit at my desk for nine hours a day, grinding something out. That's not aligned with my other values of freedom and things like that. So it's breaking it down a little bit more. I'm kind of thinking as I'm talking right now, because it was a really long time ago that I did that initial exercise, but breaking it down even more, you know, what do I value about being a hard worker? Like, what does that mean to me? And then what traits of those are good and which ones don't I need? Also maybe looking for examples in nature of how many things coexist, you know, and just really helping to realize that the binary is bullshit? Like,
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, preach. You're preaching to the right crowd here.
1: Yeah. It's like it's this totally made up, ridiculous thing. Uh, I think our language also really helps, like practicing saying both and instead of but. I try to edit the word but out of my speaking and writing, or yeah, as much as possible. Cause it's not like um, I'm an engineer, but I'm also. Creative. It's like, I'm an engineer and I'm creative. Or I'm an engineer and also I believe in the universe that the universe is bringing me the right opportunities to me. And I can have both of those things at the same time. Yeah, I, that wasn't the clearest answer, but I think no, a it lot totally of it is was. Practice. It totally
0: was. And I feel like uh, I love how you brought up the word but as well like I, I don't even know if I said the word but but like that even when you said that like I'm an engineer but I'm creative it like totally minimizes the like creative side like but I'm this but like but not really like you know like but I'm an engineer because that's me but also like I kind of have this but at least when I use but I feel like it's more of like a protective mechanism of like oh but this exists but like not really um I listened to a podcast you were on and I think you talked about something called like energy code, um, where it was like talking about trapped emotions and things of that nature. Is that correct? Yeah. The
1: emotion code,
0: the emotion code, emotion code. I would love if you talked about that, what that is, um, and what it looks like, how you work with it, all the things. Cause I had not heard of it until today when
1: I listened to that episode. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It is super cool. So are you familiar, well, you might be if you listened to that episode, but emotions can get trapped in our bodies, which is just a wild thing for me to hear that, especially you talk about the science background. but um, Dr. Bradley Nelson is the one who developed this technique. And in his book, he talks about all of these science experiments. So they saw that they took someone's cells from someone's body And those cells reacted when that person in a different room watched. I think they did this with soldiers who had PTSD and they played triggering stuff on a TV in front of them and their cells reacted in another room. Uh, Then they actually even took them and put them in a different facility somewhere else. And still the same thing. They had this reaction. So energy I think I was just talking about a different point there, which is that energy is not uh, limited by space Mm -hmm. or it's not confined to like the same room. Like I can work on your energy right now, even though you're on a different um, Zoom screen and I can you know, pick up on your energy too. And that's probably one of the reasons why people love listening to your podcast because they can feel your energy when they listen to it. It makes them feel good. Um, So I think that's an important thing to note we're picking up other people's energy all the time. Also, emotions can get trapped in our bodies. So toddlers often have like a really healthy emotional response. Like if they get upset, they will like scream and cry and like kick their bodies around and let that emotion out, which is great. Isn't
0: that so funny that like that's healthy, but we're like tamed from such a young age to like that. That's bad. I love that you called that healthy because I completely agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so healthy and from a really young age, even a lot of the toddlers aren't doing that when they need to, right? So we're not always processing our emotions and we often just can't fully in the moment and then they can get stuck in our body and they've been linked to all sorts of different kinds of disease and actually even, you know, serious physical ailments um depending on what the emotion is and where it It's located, but the emotion code is basically just a simple chart that helps us to discover emotions that are trapped in the body. So a lot of times if I'm working on this with a client, I'll be working on something specific with them. Like, let's just use money because we've been talking about it. But if they're like, I'm just trying everything, but I'm just, you know, not getting new clients or whatever, we could say, okay, are there any trapped emotions linked to this? And I could tap into their energy, use this chart to discover, oh, okay, there's actually some despair linked to this. And then we might need to find some things out about that despair, like when it occurred or where it is in the body, but we usually don't. And we don't have to dig so deep that we like relive the experience ever, which is one of my favorite things about this technique. Mm -hmm. And then we release it. It's largely intent and I'll use a magnet in the process usually. And within a minute, we can release that instance of despair from that person forever. And it's gone and it's no longer messing up their life. It might have been causing them issues with money, but it also could have been causing them concerns with getting close to other people and keeping them from having the kinds of relationships that they want and messing with their lives in so many ways And we can get rid of that in just a few minutes by using that motion code.
0: Wow. And so does the chart just range from like negative to positive with air quotes of like what negative and positive means, like something like despair to like bliss, or is it mainly like, is the,
1: or do you have it? Yeah. I'd love to see it. I have one right here. Let me pull it out.
0: And you can do this over zoom as well.
1: Yeah. You can do it over zoom. In fact, I've done this for a friend. I've done this for people who we weren't even live together, especially Uh, now with clients. I like to do it live, but when I was experimenting in the beginning, I had a friend who, um, was afraid to go on. She was afraid of big boats, but our other friend was having a bachelorette party on a cruise. And I was like, maybe I can help you with that. I don't know. I just learned this new technique. And she was like, sure, go for it and try. And I was like, oh, you have some trapped uh, discouragement. I don't remember what it was anymore. Cleared some emotions out. And then she went on that cruise and had an amazing time. Oh
0: my gosh, I love that.
1: That it's
0: so fascinating.
1: Yeah, it it was really cool. But yeah, this chart has, I'll, I'll just list a few off. It's got abandonment, love, unreceived, Most of these are what we would think of as negative emotions, but then it also has overjoy on here. It has lust, it has creative insecurity. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: the way that this method works is it's got two columns and six rows. And so you'll use, I use a pendulum, but you could use like muscle testing or any other um, intuitive yes or no technique to find out first which column it's in then which row it's in, and then we'll go down the list. So let's say we're like in row three, column A, I'll ask the pendulum, is this crying that's trapped? No. Is it discouragement? Yes. Okay, great. Do we need to know anything about this discouragement? Nope. All right. Later discouragement.
0: (laughs) Wow. And so when you, and are you, is that where you use the magnet and Reiki vibes or is it just simply bringing awareness to it?
1: At that point, I will use the magnet and rake e-vibes and I will run them over the governing meridian, which runs, um, I think it runs from like the temple all the way over the head and down the back. Mm -hmm. Just run it over a portion of that while I have set the intent to release it from the other person. If they're not with me, I usually visualize them in front of me and just visualize myself running the magnet down their back, but different practitioners have different ways of doing it. That is incredible.
0: Energy work is fascinating to me because energy, just like the neuroscience or the and like the physics, all of it is just wild. And I believe it all. Like just, I feel like that could sound like really out there. Like, wait, what? You could clear something like that that fast? But then at the same time, like. I don't know. Energy is just so powerful. And like I said, you could feel mine right now. I could feel yours. Like the listener can feel both of ours at the same time. Like, um, what's going on? So I just love that. And thank you for sharing those techniques. Is there any other fun, like energy work techniques that you find very helpful? Or is that your main form?
1: I actually don't even necessarily use the emotion code that often anymore. It's kind of become this blend. I've been trained in, um, also in Reiki and in crystal healing. Wow. And at this point, I feel like those practices mostly fuel me ramping up my intuition. So every morning I spend about an hour meditating and tapping in with my guides and I'll bring crystals into that and things. So I'm strengthening my own intuition. And then when I go into a session, a lot of times we'll, we'll drop into something. And I won't even know what's going to happen with that client. And I'll just kind of follow whatever feels right. A lot of times I'll work with their chakras and maybe get intuitive messages as I do that, which is really interesting. And when you talk about, we talk about limiting beliefs, I had to really get over. It took me a while to trust those things to say them out loud. Sometimes I really don't want to, because I'm like, there's no way this fits this situation, but I'll say, you know, I got this message, do what you want to with it. If it means anything to you, if not, let it go. I always say that you can always come back to it later, but oftentimes that really weird sounding thing will be just what somebody needs to hear and transform them so much. But a session with me could look like a lot of it's probably talking through stuff Mm. and asking intuitive questions you're gaining insight during this process. I'm listening mostly during this process. And then if we drop into an energy healing, it might start with bringing energy into your crown chakra. And then all of a sudden I've moved to your solar plexus, which is like um, right below the heart. And we're expanding that energy there. And then realizing that it's not quite linked to the throat, which Mm. is suddenly that makes a lot of sense because let's say you had trouble expressing yourself recently or something. And then maybe I'm pulling out the emotion code chart and we're finding that there's some conflict linked to that and releasing it. And I have to put aside the fact that this feels ridiculous in the moment (laughs) because then at the end, usually I'll hear like, oh my God, I feel so much lighter and different. And now I understand this thing. Or sometimes the other person might not even feel that different in that moment, but when we come back together a week later, and that's part of why I really like to be meeting regularly instead of doing one-off sessions, they'll notice things that have transformed in their life.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. And I love seeing how everything kind of just flows together. There's like no one way, but it's like all the ways a little bit meshed together You mentioned like your morning practice and how you like to connect with your intuition. And I feel like that is a hot topic or something people always ask about is that concept of how do I, how do I learn to trust my intuition? Like there's like a silly meme or like joke of like my stomach can't even handle dairy. Like how am I supposed to trust my gut? Like kind of like people are always curious about the intuition because it can feel crazy. It can't just be like, that's my own voice. Like that's my own head. Um, so one, how do you, how would, do you go about trusting and getting to know your intuition? And then how do you strengthen it throughout time?
1: I think that a great way to trust it and get to know it first, possibly ask when it's led you in the right direction in the past. And that is really helpful. Like I was telling people, I don't, and my life coach was like, I don't have any access to my intuition. And she's like, well, let's think about this though. Like, has it supported you in your life? Like, it's like, well, I mean, I felt this extreme, like urgency to move to California. Like it just seemed so important. That was definitely my intuition bringing me here. There's been, if we look back on our lives, we've made so many choices that have done so much good for us. And so maybe do a survey of those and look for the good ones. Don't look for the bad ones because you might think that something didn't help you, but chances are later on, you'll be able to find that that horrible thing had some sort of gift in it. Mm. Um, And either way, focusing on the negative just isn't very helpful. So focus on the positive, start to develop that trust and then let your intuition guide you in really basic low consequence things like I love to let my intuition pick out my clothes for me if I don't have to do anything super important or even sometimes when I do you can always change later you know right um or pick out what you're ordering or what you're eating and just let it make really small decisions I also love to do what I call intuitive exercise like go for a jog without a plan and just let my body like take whatever path it wants to go or do that on a bike or rollerblades or on a walk or dancing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I love doing a, a like intuition jog of like,
0: okay, especially if I don't really know the area and then like just having it make me turn places. That's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I agree. That's a great way to like strengthen, build, get to know what is like, what is your, one like staple in your morning routine that you are like non-negotiable to maybe connect your intuition or if it's just a staple in the routine that you would not skip?
1: It's clearing and shielding my energy. Ooh, please tell like dive in more there. Yeah. So since we're energetic beings, like we talked about, we pick up other people's energy and that occasionally can be fun, but generally it's not good, you know? I want to be able to connect with you in your energy but I don't want to carry your stress around with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't even want to just be holding on to your joy. I want to experience joy with you, but I want to feel have space for my own joy and my own positive emotions. So, we can clear those out pretty easily just like we can pick them up pretty easily and we can also energetically protect ourselves from picking up other people's energy throughout the day. And I use a 1 minute it's like less than one minute, the process that I use, which I can describe for you if you like. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Awesome. So anyone listening to this, if you're not driving right now, you can do this. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I stand up with some space in front of me and then I'm going to form a bubble wand around me or sorry, form a bubble around me, like those kinds that you blew when you're kids with the wand. So first what I do is I draw that wand on the ground in front of me in the shape of a heart. I just use my fingers, make the shape of a heart on the ground that I can kind of visualize. Then I step into that heart and then I bend over and I slowly lift it up. And as I'm lifting this visual bubble wand around me, it's clearing out any energy that it's passing over. So as you're lifting this right now, You're clearing out your parents' energy. You're clearing out your neighbor's energy, your coworkers' energy. Eventually, your hands are all the way up above your head, and you're in this very clear energetic space. Then you close that bubble up top. Bring your hands together, bring them down to heart center, and just feel yourself in this bubble of clean, clear energy. This bubble is going to go with you wherever you go today and maybe take a breath, express some gratitude for that. And that's it.
0: Nice. That felt delicious. (laughs) I love it. And I will definitely be using it. I am. So that's like your staple, right? Like that's like the one thing that you would do every day, no matter
1: what. If I'm like running late for the airport and one more minute might make me miss my flight like i will do that got it <laughs> i love it and i hope everybody that's listening uses it something
0: else that i've through following your instagram for the past couple weeks maybe month i realized that you talk a lot about joy and i love joy and i love the energy of joy and all that joy has to offer so i'd love if you talked about how i feel like you always say like one moment of joy today or something on your stories i'd love to just chat about your journey with joy and what makes you post about it daily.
1: Yeah. I think joy is amazing. It feels great. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in life, we don't focus so much on the positive. Like if you've ever heard of negativity bias, we're inclined to look for negative things more than joy.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I don't know. I just felt a lot of the stuff that I post I'm kind of intuitively guided to, It just feels like something I should post. So, for a while, I was just thinking, I want to post one moment that brings me joy every day. And it was really fun because then I started looking for moments of joy. And I try not to do it in the moment. I try to usually wait until the end of the day. So that way, I had this great moment of joy and I'm really experiencing the joy in that because I'm trying to capture it for later. But then maybe I'll have a better moment of joy. And not that I'm comparing them, but I'll continue to look for those moments throughout the day and then share them. And I was doing this for a while, kind of fell off of it. And then I was really surprised to hear from people that it was having a huge impact on them. Or someone said, you know, I always think about your moments of joy, how you just posted these simple moments. Cause I like to post really simple things sometimes. Yesterday, my post was that I had to back out of a driveway. And this truck stopped on the road and flashes bright so that I knew it was safe to go and I could back out safely. And like, how amazing is that? You know, yeah. but a lot of times something like that happens and we just kind of, you know, wave and go on, but really sealing that in and capturing it was helpful. And apparently it's helped a lot of other people look for little moments of joy in their life. So yeah, I brought it back. No, I love it.
0: And it, it will not only does it like, is it like inspirational in a way, but it does make you want to look for it because it is it's like you could have just gone back like just you could have blown through that moment of someone like, but they were literally protecting you like they were looking for you were supported by them, you were supported by another human like on this planet, which feels rare, if you don't address it, like you could have seen that as just another thing. But instead you could like soak in it and have it be your moment of joy of being like held by a stranger, which feels foreign to most people. So I just, I love that story. I love the concept and I hope you keep doing it. Cause I personally love it, receiving it and just seeing your joy. Is there like, I think my last like topic I want to ch- chat about is manifestation, the world of manifestation. Um, this pod, I thought I was going to be a manifestation coach, to be honest, um, and cause I'm just so passionate about it. I'm so passionate about co-creating with the universe and things of that nature. I've studied it deeply. And so I would just love to know your journey with manifestation, your relationship with it. And like what people always love tools, tips, tricks. So any th- similar to your morning routine, if there's like a manifestation must haves, please share your
1: wisdom. All right. Awesome. Manifestation is so fun and it doesn't have to be some big serious thing. In fact, it shouldn't be. Like, manifestation should be fun because we want to be, manifestation is all about creating the energy that we ultimately want to feel right now or creating the feelings you ultimately want to feel. Most of us want to feel joy. So, And that's probably linked to the greater things that we want, whether it's some sort of house or a career or whatever, love, we all probably want to feel joy. So bringing that into our daily lives now is an amazing thing to do because as we start vibrating at the frequency of joy, more joy is going to be drawn to us. It's like, that's what the law of attraction says that. Like attracts like. I also believe in the law of creation. So, well, that's my words for it. But I think that if I put out there that I want to create something, I'm going to switch to the example of spiritual friends because that was a really big thing for me a while ago. I got into this spiritual journey. I was in a new city uh, right after COVID. I wanted to make friends who were also spiritual. So I started focusing on that. And I think that by feeling like I had spiritual friends that helped me attract, attract more. I did that with like stuffed animals (laughs) and with the dolphins. Like I, for some reason, dolphins seem, feel felt spiritual to me. I decided they were my spiritual friends. So every time I would see them and I live on the beach, so I get to see them a lot. I'd say, Oh, thank you universe for the abundance of spiritual friends. Please bring me more of them. And I also think that helped me create opportunities for myself to receive them. So I was at the beach one day. I wanted spiritual friends. I saw dolphins. Thank you universe for this abundance of spiritual friends. The dolphins like turned and started coming right at me in like a way that I hadn't seen before. I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. I was like, thank you universe. This is amazing. I walk home. I'm, about to enter my building and someone is coming out and they hold the door open for me and I'm walking in and he says good morning by the way you know when I thank him and I was like oh thanks like good morning to you and then I noticed his shirt I was like oh I really like your shirt like that's really cool what is it turns out that he's a Reiki master and it was his logo so now I'm like oh my gosh I asked the universe for spiritual friends and then he's here. So the universe giving me this gift. So I think that also puts me into this creation mode where then I said like, Hey, uh, do you want more friends? (laughs) Do you want to be friends? And he was like, yeah, totally. I love that. Oh my God. Are you guys friends still? Or was it just friends? We're going to hang out later today.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. That yes, yes, yes. Like law of creation all of it like and the the buy-in to it with with creating that creating that it already existed with you and dolphins creating that it's you and your stuffed animals at your house like just deciding that like it it already is and look I have proof and so making the proof without it like tech a lot of people think you made your dolphins like come on A, a lot of people would side eye that one and it's like I think that's brilliant, especially when it people are dying for community, for friendship. Like I remember, I think it was like 2021. Like I, that's all I wanted to call in was friends. I wish I had that technique. I mean, it, it showed up in its own way, but that's just brilliant to use the proof because all your subconscious mind needs is that proof, that evidence, but I love it. Is there anything that you do beside, like, any other tips, tricks that you want to share about manifestation? Because that's a great one. I mean, that acting as if is a great one.
1: Yeah. Well, so that's one of my main tips is looking for it everywhere, but get creative with it. You know, like maybe the dolphins, maybe that seems too out there, but then you could look for other things that are friends. You know, look for two friends hanging out and say, like, wow, thanks for this abundance of friendship. Or I would find it in like one bird. Of an would be hanging out next to another bird of a different species. I'd be like, wow, like, look, this friendship connections all around, like totally making it up, you know, but Mm -hmm. make it up and just have fun with it and get creative with it. And then look for it everywhere. And you will start finding it if that's what you're looking for. If you're in a state, I've fallen out of it at times. And I was having this, you know, really rough week or two where I was like, I was driving for Uber and all my passengers were grumpy and there was just, it was just a rough couple of weeks. And I was telling my therapist, the same one who got me to your silent disco about my whole situation. And she's like, well, how come, how about instead of looking for how you're different than everyone looking for your, how you're the same and looking for what you do want. And it was just, it hit me like a slap in the face because I knew better, but I accidentally fell into that habit without even realizing it. So if you're starting to experience something negative, that could be a great question to ask yourself too. Like, am I looking for this negative pattern? And then how can I shift it to a positive one? And within days of me choosing to look for positives, everything changed so much. Like I, it's just crazy who wound up being in my car, like people that I'd have connections to, and we'd be having a conversation and that connection would somehow come up and, it just changed everything in just a couple of days. So this stuff can happen really fast. It's not always really fast. You might not get to that end result really fast, but you can create this change that you want in that feeling that you want in just a day or less sometimes.
0: Mm, that is just amazing. And I have loved this conversation with you and learning from you. I feel like I've actually learned a lot in this conversation of new modalities, new ways of thinking, New techniques to try. Uh, I for sure am stealing that dolphin technique. (laughs) I like with what anything, I don't, not sure what I'm going to use it for, but I'm like, I can't wait to think of something to bring that fun, creative energy in. I'm going to ask you the last question I asked most guests. I say most because one time I didn't ask Curly when I interviewed her recently and she's like, why didn't you ask me what you ask your guests? And I'm like, oh, so I have to use the asterisk of most, but what advice do you need to give to yourself right now?
1: I need to remind myself that I am loved. I am loving and I'm on the right path. I have every choice I've ever made has gotten me right here where I am today, which is right where I'm meant to be. So every choice that I make from here is just going to keep doing the same thing. I wasn't very clean and clear, but it's like just (laughs) affirmation. I I, affirm myself all the time. I think we all do. Yes. And I'm affirming that for you, that all of that is true
0: and more. Where can people find you work with you? Just plug yourself away. Um, and any offers you have anything that you want to share, please
1: take the floor. Thank you so much. You can find me in my moments of joy on Instagram at uh, Barakobara, B-A-R-A-C-O-B-A-R-A. And you can also find me on my website. I've got a lot of blogs and great content on there that go through some of this stuff. And I have a um, free identity guide We talked about identity a little bit to walk you through this process. It's called, I think it's called seven steps to create the freedom to be who you want to be on my website, which is baraco.org, B-A-R-A-C-O.org.
0: Amazing. Everybody go check out that guide, check out Vera, give her all the love and love her moments of joy with her. Go find your own moments of joy today, and we'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at so she is underscore podcast to let us know your takeaways. If you could leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts to help us build, grow, and expand this to anyone it needs to reach. I am so grateful for you listening and giving me your time and energy. And I can't wait to see you in the next episode. I love you. Bye.